Poppy, what's going on, brother? What's up, man? How are you? I'm good. Made it through a work week. Yep, likewise. We're here. Yes, we are. Ready to go. Yes, we are. Caffeinated. Yes, we are. Did a mock draft today. Yes, we did. It was a lot of fun. As it always is. I'm just happy the work week's over. More than anything, I'm happy the work week is over. Yeah, likewise. Uh, plans this weekend. What you got? Um, I have a two-year-old's birthday party to go to tomorrow. Oh, that's lit. Um, and then uh, probably just be hanging out. Might play some video games. There you go. There's a uh, there's a beta out for a free game called X Defiant. It is made by the same makers of like Watch Dogs, um, Rainbow Six Siege, um, The Division, huh. everything like that. Uh, so it's made by Ubisoft. Okay. It is the alleged COD killer. <clears throat> That's what they're claiming it's going to be. Interesting. I played one round of the beta last night. Huh. It's not a bad game. But it's, a, it's a good free game. Yeah. It's not going to kill COD. Nothing is. No. The name the name Call of Duty Call of Duty is too big. It's yeah, it's too big at this point. Ave- well, I can't say nothing. Something will. Something will eventually kill Call of Duty. Well, they said the same thing about Fortnite. Like Fort uh oh, Fortnite's going to take over everything. Which for a short period of time it, it did, did. But but eventually everything like what what everybody always knows always just comes back. Yeah, I mean, I played Fortnite the other day. It's too busy. There's too much going. On. Yeah, yeah, like 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 OG season one Fortnite. That it will never get better than that. So there is there's a bunch of like creator modes now. Like somebody literally made Rust from Call of Duty on Fortnite. In Fortnite, that's yeah, cool. that's kind of funny. Honestly, kind of sick. Haven't played it yet, but um, the other night we did play the OG Fortnite map. Like somebody made the OG Fortnite map. Mm-hmm. It's kind of sick. Yeah. But builds were in it. Uh, I can't build for shit anymore. Yeah, dude. no, neither can I. Um, so if they, if they made a zero build OG Fortnite map, count me in. Yeah. I mean, back back before, like, everybody knew how to build, when it was just like, you based up, you found the highest point possible. You put a wall, you put a, you put a wall and a ramp, and that was it. Maybe you boxed yourself in. Maybe you built up too high, maybe three high, but that was it. Nobody, yeah. nobody was cranking nineties. Nobody was editing builds. Like we're not editing, you know, the little rooftops to be ramps so we could, like, oh, bam, you know, editing steps so they circle up. We're, nobody was doing that back then. Yeah, no, we're not uh, not cranking nineties. We're not uh, editing editing you through a floor to fall into a trap. Right, builds were back then, so you could fall down off a mountain without taking fall damage, and you were running through the middle of a field, and somebody shot a sniper at you and just missed, and you're like, oh, fuck, and you build up real right, quick. Right, right. You just, like, throw a wall and keep running. Right. Like, wall, 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 keep running. Also, precursor. I'm, uh, I got, I got springtime allergies. Can't already tell. No, can't um, tell. I'm, I'm pretty nasally, so, but I'm fighting through it. But anyway, yeah. Uh, season one Fortnite, it does not get any better than that. Even, like, at the <clears> end of it, when everybody, like, got really, really good at building, it was still fun. I was a competitive builder. Like I could I could build well enough to compete with people that knew what they were doing. 
with the new what they were doing, not like the Nick Merks of the world or like the Ninjas or T-Fuse, you know, those of you that follow Fortnite know who exactly who they are, but right. like the dudes that like played it for a living, I couldn't compete with them. They were they were cracked, but I was on a console. There's nothing I could do. I like you could like not outbuild like, a PC player. Like your average um casual player. I could outbuild them. Yeah. Yeah. We, yeah, keep up with them. But I will say there was not a better time for Fortnite than the double pump. I will stand my ground yeah. on that mountain. The double pump shotgun in Fortnite was the best era for Fortnite. Like if you ha- like if you've never played the game before, you really just don't know. But Double pumps, twisted towers, or tilted towers, I'm sorry. Oh, wow. Uh, I, I butchered it, sorry. Yeah, you did. Double pumps, tilted towers. Forget it. Yeah. Forget it. Yay from here, don't come here. I will never forget the day that I was doing, like, it was a random-ass weekday. And I was playing with I was playing with TJ, right? <laughs> and he's just like, you know what? This is like, this is like right before he got, this is like as he got on his grind. During it. Yeah. And he's like, let's just drop Tilted Towers and let's just see what happens. Let's just have fun with it. Let's just try. Let's, like, That's where all the sweats went. Right. Like, like if like if you were good and you wanted to, like... You want to drop a high kill gameplay. Yeah. High kill. High kill gameplay. That's where you got to go. Dropped have, in. Get right into the action. There's a, So, if you've never played, 100 people... In, uh, there's a max of 100 people in one lobby. There's a bug on the window. I know. He's kind of cool looking. I'm not going to lie. He just got there. His leg looks a little jacked up. But out of the entire map, 35, 40 people would drop there. <laughs> it was nuts. Yeah, so I mean, like, in five minutes, half the lobby's gone. Because of one place. So so we so we were just going there, and he's like, let's have fun. Let's let's compete against other people consistently, and let's just get better. Very sound reasoning. I will say, when I started when I started going there all the time with him, I got better. Because it, like it forces you to like like you like, you have to force yourself to focus, pay attention, know what's going on, yeah, and like not miss. I I love you. Nothing was better than overconfident Poppy. No, when I when I was when I was feeling it, there were not many players better than me. Overconfident Poppy would solo push a full squad of four and succeed. Sometimes, sometimes you'd like knock one and then just get your shit cracked. Yeah, yeah, good but point. I will give you credit. You did not get pissed at us when it happened. No. You solo pushed, and sometimes you got your shit cracked, but you never got mad at us for not following up. And like like half the time, you guys would just like sit there and watch me. Yeah, sometimes we were just like, well, I kind of want to see how this plays out. Yeah, you're just like, good lord. I think like maybe two out of every <laughs> ten times it like worked in my favor. Sometimes I would follow you up. I'd be like, all right, all right, my man's getting into it. I gotta go. I gotta go get him. Right. Sometimes, sometimes we follow you. I solo push in Warzone a lot. I'll, I'll be honest. I silent solo push. I have not played Warzone in so long. It is chaotic as well. Less oh, chaotic than, than Fortnite, I will say that. Anyway, the TJ story until the towers. Yeah, so so it was this one day. Like we were in um we were in one of the buildings, um, and I got cracked by some guy from from across the way. And he's like, so I, so he's like next to me, and he's like, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna pick you up yet. He's like, I'm gonna wait for him to peek out. When you get too low in health, tell me. If you've never played Fortnite, what happens is when you go down, you start at 100 and you slowly tick down by two, by interval of two. If you get picked up, then you just go to 30 percent 30, 30% health, mm-hmm. 
and then you just have to go find your way back to 100%. But he's like, let me know when you get too low, and I'll revive you. Well, as soon as you start getting revived, that countdown from 100 to 0, that stops. Yeah. Um. Well, I was getting close to dying, and I told him. He's like, all right, I'm about to get this guy real quick. Well, he let me die. And he's like, he's like, he's like, he's like, Poppy, just watch this. Just watch what I'm about to do to this guy. And he caught it. He yelled. He saw the guy peek out, yelled wham, and shot him. And I swear, he shot this dude literally right in his forehead. <laughs> and I never heard him laugh so hard in his life. <laughs> it was funny. It was probably it was probably one of the funniest things I've ever seen in that game. I don't know if I've asked you this on the podcast before. I know you. I've asked you before, and I don't remember your answer. What time of, of course, like there was other people involved, like Timber, Reno, sure, um, everybody, everybody else involved. What was a better time, the Fortnite era with the three of us, or the GTA Five era with oh the three God. of us? Oh my God, that's tough. When we would just grind like the biker gang and like everything like that, just like money grind, run around, do stupid shit, or Fortnite. Where we would just like double pump everybody, or you had the combat shotgun and you were just ranging people with that. You know, honestly, I think it was, I think it was probably I think the so playing GTA the three of us that was a lot of fun because there were days where we would have nothing else to do, absolutely nothing else to do, and we would sit there for a good four, five, six hours straight. Just doing nothing. Nothing. No, nothing besides yeah. playing playing Grand Theft Auto or Fortnite. But when we played Grand Theft Auto, we would always find our way into into a lobby where nobody else would bother us. So we could just grind, do what we want to do. And buy just, cool shit. Yeah, buy cool shit, run around, just blow each other up for the hell of it. But Fortnite forced us to compete against other people and actually work as a team. Yeah. Like, a cohesive team. Like, there would always be a period of time where it would get to a point where we would get bored, and then he would just go out of his way to just start killing us. On GTA. Yeah, in GTA. Yeah. So, of course, like, you have to return the favor, and then it would turn into, like, this four-hour pissing match (laughs) of doing nothing but trying to kill each other. Or sabotaging each other's, like, biker runs. Right, and then he would, like, coerce you into teaming up with him to attack me. He'd get me to team up with him to attack you. You and I would team up to attack him. You would drive my truck off the bridge. I, that was not on purpose. <laughs> I know what time you're talking about. That was not on purpose. It got to a point where we straight up were like, we don't trust you driving. <laughs> I know, I know. Um, But no, Fortnite, that, like, it forced us to, like, work as a team and still have fun at the same time. Yeah. I agree. Better feeling. Yeah. Like, Getting the victory royale or walking out as the solo team of Tilted. Running Tilted or getting the victory royale. Better feeling. Because, see, I just I, I know I just said that like 35% of the lobby goes there, but there are times where like there's maybe like one team that goes there, and if you're like the one team that walks out, then you just kill like three people and that's it. Yeah. So you're going victory royale over running Tilted. Oh, yeah, for sure. Because, I mean, like... You outlasted a hundred other morons. Not really ninety-seven at that point. If it was just if you're running trios, yeah. yeah. Um, but you outlasted all these other morons, and you're the team that's victorious. That's a much better feeling. The most rewarding feeling was the games where we made a skybridge. 
<laughs> the sky bridges are so much fun, dude. So, what we would do is we would like find like the furthest corner on the map, Wailing Woods. We would always go to Wailing Woods because it had all the trees. You would farm all the wood you possibly can. Yeah. Everybody then, would have max mats. Yeah, and then we would just build a ramp straight into the sky as high as high as it could go, and then build a and cross, then, and then build across the map and to then stay in just, the zone. And, yeah, and we would just follow wherever the zone went, and then we would get down to where like it was. We were like the last three teams, and then we would start building down rapidly and just ruin other people's days because they had no clue what was going on at the time. Nope. That was like before a lot of people started to do it. Yeah, like I think we saw it once. We're like, let's try it. And I think it worked like three times in a row. We won. <laughs> it was so much fun. There was a time in Fortnite where we we were very good at it, and we, we would were. win consistently. Yeah. We, we'd go back to back, sometimes back to back to back. We win two, three, four games in a row. Yeah, yeah. There were there were like when we were at our peak of it, we were pretty damn good. We were competitive. Yeah, we weren't like like not like a professional level, not competing for like in tournaments level. But for like your average casual gamer who's if, who's literally just doing it because they have nothing better to do, they want to play with their friends, they want to have a good time. We were pretty damn good. If we could have streamed back then, we'd probably still be streaming. I think we were entertaining as well. That's the biggest thing. The and, level and, of goofiness that came with us. Like if you guys think the two of us together are goofy, right? The three of us on Fortnite with nothing better to do. Yeah, nothing better to do, nothing better to talk about. Like. The conversations that have been had in the in those games, if they like, if you could go back and listen to them now, you would piss yourself laughing. Oh, dude, it was hysterical. Like there are plenty of people who tell us that they, they, they literally listen to the to the podcast just for this part right here, the, the first twenty minutes of the show, not for the not for the sports talk, but literally just to hear what kind of dumb shit we have to say before we start. Just imagine that. Imagine this, but for six hours straight. And damn near no filter. What what does Clark say on the office when he's trying to get Aaron to do the the news thing? Let's just turn the camera on, see what happens. Yeah, we'll just roll the camera on, shoot a few scenes. We'll see what happens. <laughs> That's, that was basically our outlook at hopping on PlayStation. Yeah, we're just like, yeah, let's hop on. I don't know what we're gonna play, but let's just play something. Let's get it done. Yeah, that was it. That was it. And we and, and we let it roll. Yeah, when when Fortnite first started, that was. That was some of the most rewarding gaming I think I've ever played. It's never been the same. Because, like, when you're, like, in middle school and early high school, those are, like, times where, like, you just want to get home from school and just go hop on a game with your friends. I never had that group when I was growing up. I never had a group, but Reno and I grinded the shit out of Modern Warfare 3. And see, like, there are some games where I would just grind by myself. But I, like, never had, like... That group where I could like text everybody and say, "Hey, look, we're all getting on. Let's fucking hit it." Yeah, we didn't really have a group, but it was the two of us, Reno and I. We would grind Modern Warfare Three. I, uh, I don't think that there's any way to go back and see how much time we put in. I, uh, I probably, I probably put in well over three work, three weeks worth of game time on Modern Warfare Three. Twenty eight days, and see, easily. When I so so when I was like when I was like that age. I like all my friends had PlayStations and I had an Xbox. Ah, uh, and cross platform wasn't around back then. It wasn't, and I had like I had a 360 like the month it came out because it came out like right before Christmas when I was like 10, 11, something like that. And I got one for Christmas. Yeah, which was fucking sick. But everybody else had a fucking PlayStation, so I couldn't play with anybody else. 
And then best decision, best decision I ever made. Me and Timber both put a PlayStation Four on layaway at Walmart. Nice. Started playing, started playing more with you. Yeah, that's how you and I became such good friends because we played on there and worked at Foot Locker. Right. Um. And the rest is history. Because then we had like between you, Reno, TJ, Ty. Ty played a little bit. Ty played. Ty played a little bit. Yeah. Um, there was one other person I was going to say. I just can't remember who it was. You, Reno, Ty, Timber, TJ. Maybe one other person would play with us. Like, I mean, I had Sorrell. Sorrell. Sorrell also. Yeah. Sorrell played with us a lot. Um, but like we could just like text anybody and be like, "Getting on. Let's let let's let's run it. We could have a party of three to four at any given moment." Yeah. One game that me and Timber grind the hell out of was Battlefield One. I'm not a big Battlefield person, man. See, like it's too slow for me, and that's like that's like my speed, because like I can comprehend the speed of Call of Duty, which is very very fast paced. Right, it is. It is. It's incredibly fast paced. I can comprehend the speed. Like I like I'm coherent. I know what to do. I know how to do everything. But it's the reaction time, like. People will start shooting at you before you even know where the hell they are. So I will say, and I can, I can hook you up. I know a guy, and that guy's me. <laughs> so the big TVs, like the one you have back there, they have a slower right. response time. Right. No, that's I'm, probably I'm like aware a seven and a half millisecond response time. Right. Which if which if, if you if you hear that seven and a half milliseconds doesn't seem like a whole lot, but when it comes to <clears throat> playing games, that does make a big difference. And like at this point now, this is all I need because like at this point now, I'm playing. Call of Duty ultra casually. Yeah. I play Madden. I'm waiting for NCAA football to come out next year. Yeah. And that's and that's really it. I like, have a I have an extra one millisecond response time gaming monitor at the apartment. Right. See, like one day, like if I can get this mounted on the wall, which ultimately is my goal, then maybe I would consider it and get like a get like a chair to put in here and everything like that. Yeah. Because I would like to work, work remotely one day, too, which would be really, really cool. But that's beside the point. Um, but yeah, Battlefield just played like right into what I was trying to do. And I will say, me and Temper were damn fucking good at that game. Yeah, you guys you guys were very good. I am better at Call of Duty. I like the fast-paced games. So, like, Advanced Warfare, believe it or not, I really enjoyed Advanced Warfare. Um, and Black Ops 3. I was very, very good at those games. Yeah. Um, Called me, hi TJ. Bad guess. I actually don't know that number. Um, I was very, very good at those games. Yeah, but I like the fast pace of them. Back to X Defiant, how this all started. Yeah, it's the alleged COD killer. I don't see it happening. Um, it it is going to be a good game. It's the movement's a little weird. Yeah. Um, especially I just got off of Call of Duty, played one map of it, got player of the game, first ever game of it. Well, you know, it's also a beta too. So, so it's, it's still, a beta, still right. going through testing. You know, it's going to get better, but you know, it's it's almost like the same thing as like, because right, because right, now, like if you keep up with it, the the people who are very very loyal to it hate Madden right now. Same thing with two K. A lot of people are very unhappy with the way that the game is being played because nothing is changing. Especially with two K, they put such an emphasis on the storyline of what goes on with my career. Yeah, that they don't do anything to change the nuances of the game. The player movement changes, the graphics get better, but you still have the janky animations. Mm-hmm. You still have the you still have like your like your player will be so good, right? And you'll play you'll play somebody who 
perfect example. He's on the screen. Darius Garland, uh, guard for the uh, guard for the Cavaliers. He's an he's an excellent offensive guard, right? Mm-hmm. But like defense is not what he's known for. I'm sure he can clamp the hell out of anybody. He's in the NBA. He locked me down. Yeah, oh, for sure. I'm sure he's a very very good defender. But in bas- like in in games like 2K, he's more known for his offensive prowess than he is for his def- defensive ability. But you'll play him one on one, and he'll be the best defender ever. Yeah, I'm gonna clamp you up. Right, and then you have a guy who has no business, and this this one always st- stood out in my mind. Thabo Cephalosha, literally the exact opposite. Very very good on ball defender, stud defender, st- like incredible defender. Wore Air Max nineties every game. Don't know if you knew that or not. That is chaotic energy. Wore Air Max nineties, hooping every in game. Air Max nineties. That's chaotic. Every game. That is so chaotic. But like when he came to offensive, like came offensively. He was unstoppable. Is that worse than Black Air Force One energy? Hooping in Air oh, Max 90s. I'm pretty sure it was Dabo Cephalosia. Both are just chaotic energy. You can't have Dabo. any of that. Cephalosia. But yeah, no. 2K, I haven't bought one in a couple years. Probably won't buy one in the, in the near future. Um... But with Madden, I can at least speak on Madden. They added the new throwing mechanic, which I like. I like the new throwing mechanic. So, that is chaotic as shit. Yeah. Oh, man. Played Nermax 90s. That's Every wi- game. That's wild. Yeah. God, but that's kind of tough, though. Yeah. I, 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 I rock with that. Dude played basketball in a running shoe. Yeah, that's nuts. Um, We've all been there. Yeah. Um, but with Madden, you cannot throw over the top of the underneath defender. It is the most infuriating thing possible. And see, like and see, like that's that's what I'm talking about. There there are things that happen in the game that 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 EA, 2K, the companies will not fix that people want them to fix. But the problem is there's nothing bigger than Madden. There's nothing bigger than 2K right now. Yeah, I for, can... for their for their respective sports. So I mean, like 2K's 2K is reportedly working on the development of their own NFL game. They're waiting for the licensing to expire with EA. But but you know, again, like like Madden is so big, it's not going anywhere. No. Same thing with 2K. Like 2K 2K is so vital to basketball, it's not going going anywhere. Plus, 2K now also owns the rights to WWE, the PGA Tour. Well, EA just dropped a PGA game, and they actually have like the Masters on there. Like oh, they really? have they have Augusta on there, whereas uh, 2K does not. Mm, interesting. 2K does not have Augusta on there, but EA does. But I mean, I mean, going back to Call of Duty, like what like what we were talking about, those brands are too big to fail now at this point. Like you could say, oh, this is going to kill this game, this is going to kill that game, but they're 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 too big to fail. The only thing that can kill Call of Duty, the only thing that can kill Madden, the only thing that can kill NBA 2K is itself. Is Call of Duty, Madden, and NBA 2K. Only right. thing that they can only kill themselves. Like m- multiple different games have tried to do something different in order to expand the expand like what you're able to play. Perfect example. EA tried to do their own NBA Live. They had it back in the day. They tried to bring it back. It sucked. It's kind of fun though. I mean, it was fun, but like it, it was it was a terrible game. Yeah, the like the mechanics were awful. It was like you were playing on ice. Yeah, it was it was just not a good game at all. 
and uh, again, you know, two K two K is gonna two K even made a baseball game. That was par- that was terrible. Mm. Right. Um Ultimately, who knows what's gonna happen with um Hopefully hopefully you know, NC- that whole Hopefully Todd NCAA killer. is good. NCAA is gonna be very good. It's now three years in development. Hopefully see, that's see, good. See the problem is they they tried there's so much that goes into simulation games like that, they try to pack it all in in a year and push it out. What's the thing about Madden is everybody just said it's the same game with updated rosters. That's and, and that's all it is. If you like like right now, EA Sports is taking the they're they're taking three years to develop this college football game, which has already been when did the last one come out? What eight oh eight? I think it was fourteen. Unimportant. Uh, unimportant. Not, we got we got to get moving eventually. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's not important. But the point the point behind it is like those sports games, those simulation sports games. If they decided to do like one every three years and add updates along the way, perfect. Yeah, update. I don't care if the game sucks if it's from three years back. Update rosters and draft class. I'm fine with it. Update rosters. Update draft class. Do something to add in like new modes. Like if there's new rules that get implemented like halfway through, this, like in the off season, implement that. I think everybody needs to follow the Fortnite way and make updates along the way. We don't have to build a new game, a no. whole new game every single year. No, just update continuously the one that you do have to make it the best that you possibly can. Listen to your listen to your market, right? And try to appease as many people as you can because you can't make everybody happy. Right, and that's why I think co- the NCAA game that will succeed because so much changes with college football all the time. The players, na- the players change, so much changes, but they're gonna have the consistency of all 128 college football like FBS schools are gonna add FCS schools. All of that's gonna remain the same. The colors remain the same. The teams remain the same. Schools, the fight songs, all that shit. It's just the players that are gonna change. I hope we can do like a. Uh online franchise where you get to pick like a college i get to pick a college and like hopefully we meet each other in the national championship that'd be sick that'd be sick i can't wait to do that and like like I, I'll, I'll, I'll say this let me go and jump into what we're gonna talk about but ncaa is also gonna add I, i've been keeping up with this because i'm a much bigger ncaa fan than i'm a madden fan always i always have been it's so, fair. like like the recruiting is fun the road to glory is fun anyway they're going to add in a feature because by the time the game comes out they're still going to be at the 14 playoff they're going to add in a feature to where you can expand to the 18 playoff. Oh, yes. Or not 8, 12, 12. 12 team, yeah. So they're putting in a lot more work on this game than yes. than they are with Madden for sure. Fuck yeah. Because it was supposed to come out this summer, and they push it back to next spring. Fuck yeah. Love it. Yeah. I can't wait. All right, let's actually hop into the sports talk. We could talk video games for an hour and a half. Fuck, that was probably already 25, 30 minutes. Coming on Wednesdays, Poppy and Holman Sports Lab, Gaming Edition. Nope, that's not true. <laughs> I know. Um, I work a 10 and a half hour day that day. That is not going to happen. I know. Um, all right, let's get into it. So, uh, just kicking it off, we have one quick topic in the MLB. Max Scherzer is suspended for 10 games because they found an illegal substance on his hands. Um, he claims that it is rosin and sweat, which creates that sticky like feeling on his hand. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I believe Max Scherzer. Um, Trevor Bauer has like literally made a video before where he puts, he runs his hands through his sweaty hair, 
tosses the rosin bag around, grabs the baseball, like face down, releases it. It sticks to his hand for like a second and then drops. Trevor Bauer has? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I mean, what do you expect? Like sweat is sticky to begin with. Yeah. Adding the rosin, running, running shit through your hair, all the dirt on the ground, fucking playing with bugs and grass and shit. Right. You know, who knows what's been in the umpire's little bag where he keeps the balls. Yeah, who knows? It's unfortunate. Um, you know, it's this, it's the same umpire crew that has thrown out three pitchers this year. Really? It's the same crew. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, the same crew's thrown out all three pitchers for illegal substance. But, you know, it's crazy. So, Max Scherzer got tossed, but then another guy, I think he was a Yankees pitcher, umpire told him, go into the clubhouse and wash your hands and come back. And they let him keep pitching. Max Scherzer did say he planned to appeal the suspension um, until he realized that it was going to be a league official, not an arbitrator. Yeah. He said, fuck it, I'll just serve it. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, the thing with Max Scherzer is, you know, he's never had, like, those kinds of issues in the past before. Like, he, like he's been so incredibly dominant with no, like, no rumblings of, oh, illegal substance. He's using this, yeah. he's using that. He's, like, he's nat- he's been naturally dominant the entire time he's been in the bigs he's got filthy stuff yeah very very filthy so it's unfortunate um i get why the mlb is doing it um sometimes they just need to take a fucking jail pill yeah, you gotta settle down you can't just you can't just be suspending all your best players like right like what they did was i think it was verlander last year was it verlander it was somebody or a uh, bump garner it was mad bum it was madison bump garner when when the umpire literally just was staring at him feeling it feeling his hand yeah, and then he threw him weird out. eye contact. Like, like we discussed it here. I was uncomfortable for Max yeah. Baumgartner. Yeah, I was very uncomfortable for him. He got uh, designated for assignment. Did he? Yes. Interesting. With, I want to say it's something like twenty-seven million dollars still up on an eighty-four million dollar deal. Dang. Well, Trevor Bauer is still available too. Trevor Bauer is pitching in Japan. <sighs> he can come pitch for the Orioles. Well, they fucking need it. Orioles been on fire lately. They've been playing good ball, man. They have been playing good ball. Right now, last I checked, they were tied for second in the division, which is great. I will be it's tentative. Uh, we have tickets to the game tomorrow against the Tigers. Is this supposed to rain tomorrow? Uh, 8% chance. It's not a good number. No, it's not. Um, so, that's that. But uh, we are supposed to be going for my mom's birthday, which is tomorrow. Nice. So happy happy birthday, mom, even though you don't listen to the damn podcast. There it is. Meant that I said it. Um, but yeah, play the Tigers tomorrow. Um, Grayson pitches tonight, so I'm missing, I'm missing a Grayson start. I haven't been able to watch. I've watched like five innings of Orioles baseball, and it's because I downloaded the MLB app for the free trial so I could watch Grayson Rodriguez in his first start. See, I watched so I went to I went to Buffalo Wild Wings with my sister last Sunday and Grayson started against Chicago and he gave up two bombs in the first inning. I'm like, motherfucker. But pulled it together, struck out eight. Yeah, he can strike him out, but God bless, he gives us too much earned runs. He's got to settle down. I'm fine if he doesn't strike out as many batters if he stops giving up so many damn runs. But the the nice part about that is is that he doesn't fold under pressure right he's yeah. like like he stays cl- calm cool collected like after the first inning he really locked it in like i think he gave up two hits struck out eight so i mean like when you're when you're doing that yeah giving up four runs in the first inning that does not help at all no um 
So the I mean the ERA is high, but when he finally does get under control, you're you're really in good shape. Yeah, he's he's gonna stay up for the long haul. He's not making his way down. Yeah, he, no, no, especially as as abysmal as the pitching staff has been so far this year, he's not going back down. Yeah, for sure. He probably he he probably has the best stuff on the team right now besides Felix Bautista. Well, he might be the best pitcher in baseball. Yeah, given what his responsibility is in the position that he plays. He might be the best pitcher in baseball. Nobody has a higher swing rate on on a single pitch than Felix Bautista. Whiff rate. Whiff rate, sorry. Yep. Yep. His splitter has the most or the highest whiff percentage of all pitches. By a substantial margin. Yeah. What by, by over 10%, I believe. God bless. Which is insane to think about. Yeah. What do we got for the NBA? What's what's on the docket over there? NBA. So, I mean, the, I mean really, the, um, so right now, of course, we are still in, still in playoff time. Um, we'll go over a few games here in just a moment, but uh, big news coming out of the NBA today. Uh, the Toronto Raptors have fired Nick Nurse, their uh, head coach that led them to a championship the one year Kawhi Leonard was there. Was that four years ago? Four or five years ago. Uh, three years ago, I believe. Pre-COVID. It was pre-COVID, yeah. The year before the bubble, I believe. Yeah, so Nick Nurse is no longer the coach of the Toronto Raptors. Look, that, I mean, we've kind of settled on this podcast about you know some different teams in the NFL. They brought in players. They wanted to win a title. They won a title. Fantastic. Mission accomplished. What they have working right now, it's not working. So they had to let go. I mean, the NBA is so, like, the NBA is much different than it is in the NFL. If you win a championship, you can be mediocre and you still have loyalty. Mm -hmm. But the NBA, the expectations are so much higher to win all the time. They're cutthroat. It's very, very cutthroat. I mean... Case in point, he just, Nick Nurse just won a title last year. I'm pretty sure the team was in the playoffs. Not last year. Or they won they won a title a few years back. Playoff team last year. Mm-hmm. They're picking in the lottery this year. I want to say they have a top 10 pick. Or a projected top 10 pick. Fire the coach. Look at Vogel. Yep, Frank Vogel. He's another guy. Former head coach of the Los Angeles Lakers. They, won it in the bubble. The, the big COVID year. Had like a season after that. He gave him two seasons. Something like that. Two seasons. Fired him. Look at David Blatt. Yeah. For the uh for the Cavaliers and LeBron's LeBron's first year. They fired him halfway through the season. Yep. So I mean it's like it's it's very, very cutthroat if they if you don't get the results that you need. I mean the the Hawks have fired a coach halfway through the season three years in a row now. So I mean, if if you if you don't get the results that you need, it is it is incredibly cutthroat. There's two coaches I think that are that will be safe in their jobs until the day they want to retire. That's uh, Steve Kerr and Greg Popovich. Okay, three. Eric Spolstra. Eric Spolstra's a very good coach. I, th- I think he's securing his job until he wants to retire. Until it's also, I'll throw in another one, but I won't say retire. I'll say until it's his decision to leave, and that's Doc Rivers. I don't know, man. I think I think if uh, Philly doesn't get to the conference finals this year, I think he might be gone. I, th- I, mean, I mean, Doc Rivers' name alone. I think he. I think he just commands respect. It it, it definitely holds weight. That's yeah. for sure. But um, I think if he does, if the Sixers do not get to the conference finals, and I'll say it, a pretty weak Eastern Conference. I think he's gone. I wouldn't say it's weak. I think it's it's top heavy. It's lacking star power, but it's top heavy. Yeah. But if he doesn't, if if the Sixers, I think if they don't get to the Eastern Conference Finals, he's gone. Uh, speaking about coaches, Mike Brown of the Sacramento Kings is your first 
ever unanimous coach of the year. He deserves it, man. Yep, definitely deserves it. Sacramento was projected to be a bottom feeder in the West, and right now they have light a, the beam. They have a light the beam two one lead over the reigning champion Golden State Warriors. Um, so now to cover just a few games of what's been going on, uh, we'll go. We'll go series by series here. Tonight you have the Celtics at the Hawks. Boston's up 2-0. Uh, the Cavs and the Knicks go to MSG for Game 3. That series is tied at 1 apiece. And then tonight at 9.30, the Nuggets and the Timberwolves face off in Minnesota. Denver has a 2-0 lead. Tomorrow you will see, again, the Knicks and the Cavs. Really? Back-to-back? Yep, back-to-back. Uh, Kings and Warriors will play tomorrow as well. Sacramento, again, has a 2-1 lead. Uh, Celtics and Hawks. Oh, nope. I went too far. Uh-huh. Okay, I was going to say, they're not doing back-to-backs in the playoffs. Damn. No. Uh, tomorrow, you have the 76ers taking on the Nets. Philadelphia is up 3-0 right now. They'll Look, get the sweep. Looking, looking to finish that one out. Um, Phoenix is up 2-1 against the Clippers. They're heading into game number four. They're in L.A. The Bucks and the Heat go to Miami, tied at 1-1. My coworker will be there to watch his son play. That's sick. That's yep. so cool. Uh, he also told me that um, when Kawhi hit that shot to eliminate Philadelphia from the playoffs, he said his son was sitting right in front of Kawhi Leonard. He was on. He was on. He, he was playing for set for. He was on a two-way contract with Philadelphia at the time, and Philadelphia had him travel with the team, but just didn't dress. Damn. So he was there and he watched it happen. Yeah. Damn. Watched it happen live. That's crazy. Yeah. Because um, I asked him, because he, he played really well um, the other night when um, Milwaukee just waxed him. Um, tied an NBA record, hitting 25 threes in a game. Good night. Yeah. Um, I asked him, is that his first playoff experience? And he's like, he's like playing time, yes, but he's like, playoffs, no. This is his second playoffs. And he told me. I'm like, that's, right, so, cool. that's so dope, dude. Uh, and then your... Third game of the Grizzlies versus the Lakers. So very interesting concept going on tomorrow. You have the Clippers hosting the Suns at 3.30 and the Lakers hosting the Grizzlies at 10. That staff there at uh, Crypto Crypto Bank Arena is going to be working. Yep. But they can get it done for sure. Plenty of time in between games. Yeah. Plenty of time. They're going to have to hustle. Yeah. But but that, yeah, but there's, but there's, there's, there's plenty of time in between games for sure. That's fantastic. That is fan-frickin-tastic. Yeah, so um, that's it for the NBA. Now we're going to get into the NFL, what everybody comes for, what everybody loves, um, has our most talking points. And like I uh, prefaced earlier, we do have our final mock draft before the NFL draft coming up on Thursday. We will be doing a live edition of that. I think we're going to try to stream on YouTube. That's news to me. Perfect. We gotta do it live. Well, where we do? I mean, we're not gonna get we're not gonna get we're not gonna get the first pick off because you work until a certain time, yeah, like six thirty. How's the draft start? Probably not till seven or eight. Let's see here. Let's see what the NFL has to say about that. NFL. I only work fifteen minutes away. Well, that's true. I think we'll be fine. <laughs> Yeah, here. Uh, what time does it start? Just, just Google it. No. What 
time does the NFL draft start? We'll get underway on Thursday at 8 p.m. Okay, we're in good shape. Yeah. Time. I'm off, so I'm straight. I'm off on Friday. So I can, like, we're good. We can we can run into the late night. We'll be good. Yeah, I'll be off, too. We'll be good. So Thursday is the NFL draft. This is our final mock draft. We would do this on Tuesday, but Holman does have an obligation on Tuesday, so you're getting it today. I got to take the day. Got to take the day. That's okay. Responsible no to take care of. So here you go. Poppy and Holman Sports Lab. Final mock draft of the 2023 draft season. There you go. There it is. How you doing? Keep moving. Yeah. You you got odds? <sighs> yeah, so to, so to start off the the, uh, the mock draft, we decided to go with C.J. Stroud. Um, in the past, what we've done is we've just alternated picks and just kind of rock with it from there. This time, with it being our last one, we wanted this to be a joint effort. Um, I think this actually took us like an hour and a half to do. We uh, we actually put a, a a good bit of thought into this one. Yeah. Not only what we think they will do, but kind of if if we were in the position, who we would take. Now, based a, on team needs. Now, a lot of this is also pretty straightforward, right? Um, these are your top consensus prospects of what PFF has them ranked. It never goes like this, though. Teams always have a, players ranked much much higher than. Than others, for example, at number twenty-seven, you will see Daywan Jones. We'll talk about that more here in, here in just a minute. But there is the realm of possibility where they do have him ranked higher than somebody along the lines of Anton Harrison, who we do who we have them going ten picks later. Who I personally have higher than Broderick Jones, but that's just me. Not trying to like be a homebody, but I think Anton Harrison brings a different skill set to the NFL that Broderick Jones, excuse me, does not. Right, and like I said, in a minute, in a minute, in a minute we will talk about that. But the point that I'm making is, it do, it's not necessarily going to look like this. Like these 31 names that you that you see here, some of them or the majority of them you will see called on day one. The majority you will, but there are some of them who you will not see. There's a lot that when we end up doing this live special, or if you have to, or if we end up just having to do it the way we're doing it now and just post it the next day. You'll see by the reactions that we give, it, some of this is going to be very, very surprising. Yeah, and we did do trades because ultimately there's always draft day trades. Yes. Um, and I believe with this draft class especially, there's going to be a handful. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, and even just what we did, I think there will be more than, than the few trades that we made. I think we made, what, three? Minimum. I think we made three. But anyway, we'll just go ahead and, Perfect. We'll just go ahead and hop into it. Number one, we have C.J. Stroud going number one. We've talked about it multiple times in this podcast. We both think C.J. Stroud is the number one quarterback in this draft. His his physical skill set matches up very, very well for, for, for what Frank Wright has coached in the past. Big body guys have mobility, but the, but the big traits, big arm downfield, that's more so what he has coached in the NFL. Having Josh McCown... Josh McCown? Josh right. McCown. Having Josh McCown there as well. He is a he was a bigger quarterback. He's not smaller like how Bryce Young is, mm-hmm. not as mobile. So he has more experience. And even Andy Dalton, right now, he's gonna he's slated to be the backup for whoever comes in to be the to be the quarterback. The backup veteran mentor. Right. All of those all of those guys. And even Frank Reich was was a starting quarterback in the NFL <clears throat> as well. All of those guys are were bigger quarterbacks. That all of that Translates very well to C.J. Stroud being the number one overall pick. 
Um, there's a lot of smoke and mirrors saying that Bryce Young is going to be the number one overall pick. Um, we're kind of seeing through that. We think it's ultimately going to be CJ Stroud. Yeah, I personally think it's CJ Stroud. I think the Bryce Young stuff is smoke and mirrors. There's a lot of stuff that comes out this time of year regarding the NFL draft. Uh, Mel Kuyper has said it himself. You can't listen to everybody. What everybody says. Yeah, I mean, I mean, Brady, people lie I on mean, purpose. Brady Quinn reported about CJ Stroud that he made a commitment to the Manning camp and that didn't show. RG3 did a little bit of research and found out that was not even remotely true. Yeah, I mean, there's just a lot of stuff that's just not true. And I I think CJ Stroud is the quarterback for Frank Reich. Um, I think I think he really loves him. Big body. Bryce Young's a little bit on a smaller frame. Not that that means he cannot play quarterback in the NFL. I think yeah. Bryce Young will be just fine. I think Frank Reich just... Uh, Loves his bigger bodies, and Ziggy's not happy with the Papa John's pizza driver outside. I wouldn't be either. Yeah. Uh, but at number two, Houston Texans select Bryce Young. Um, I think I think if Bryce Young goes number one, Houston is okay with passing on quarterback. Um, but with Bryce Young being there at two, they're happy. They got their guy. That's their quarterback of the future. Um, but I think... Like I said, if Bryce Young goes number one, I think they're okay with trying to rebuild the team and get some other pieces on the team before they try to get their quarterback in there, break his confidence, not give him the pieces to succeed. But Bryce Young sits there at two, they take him at two. Yeah, and and really there's been a lot of talk, uh, specifically from Adam Schefter, saying that the Texans are not sold on taking a quarterback at number two. Um Again, you know, Mel, you know, we literally just talked about it with the number one pick. That's you can't really listen to a lot of that. Um, you know, the team is bound to be better. It's gonna be better. It's gonna be much. It's gonna be uh, coached better. Yeah. It, like if they decide to go defense with both of their first round picks and not go quarterback in the first round, the defense is going to be better. They're not going to be as bad as they were this past year, right? No. So even if they're thought was, okay, let's just build that defense. Let's build the talent around us and then go get our quarterback. Yeah. At some point, you're not going to be able to do that. Like, you're not going to be bad enough to get one of the top flight guys. Mm-hmm. That's just how it is. Um, to keep things moving, this is our this is our first trade of the night. Um, we have Indianapolis jumping one spot from four to three to go ahead and get Anthony Richardson. Um, I know one spot. It seems very, very um, pointless to dr- to jump one spot to make sure that that you get your guy. But ultimately, I think Indianapolis is very enamored with the potential of Anthony Richardson. Yeah. Um, his skill set translates very, very well to what um, what is his name? The Cam Newton? No, not Cam Newton. Malik Willis? No. Who um, Stikton, Shane Stikton, Stikton. Yeah, yeah. It, it translates. It translates very, very well to the quarterback he just coached. We was in Philadelphia with Jalen Hurts, who just got a massive contract, yep. highest paid player in NFL history. Yeah, who, who just got a massive contract. And Anthony Richardson is the same. Is very, very similar to Jalen Hurts, except he's six four, right? Anthony Richardson's a little bit more raw of a talent. I he's very raw. He is very raw. You're drafting him strictly for what. The possibility of what you hope he can be, right? And if if it does pan out, I've said it time and time again. You're looking at a Cam Newton type player. Shout out, J Cole got a dollar in a dream. 
I don't know what that has to do with anything, but hey, you got a dollar in a dream. You spend a dollar on Anthony Richardson, you got a dream, he pans out. Okay. Makes sense in my brain. Well, I'm glad it does. For a trade for a trade like this, you can expect definitely uh Indianapolis give up number four, probably their second round pick, a fourth, and maybe a second or a third in a in the following year draft. That's probably around what you can expect on it for a draft day deal. Well the thing is is they have to outbid Everybody else trying to move up to three. Right. Because, I mean, legitimately, what's stopping the Seahawks from trying to move up to? What's stopping the Raiders trying to move up for? Yeah. What's stopping the Falcons, the Bucks, the Titans? Um, you know, so like the Commanders. What's stopping some of these other guys from moving up to three to get Anthony Richardson? Yeah, yeah. No, that that's a very good point. Um, ultimately, I think Indianapolis will come with the best package. Um, and I think Arizona will be very will will jump at the opportunity to go ahead and take those more picks. Yeah, from Indianapolis, knowing hey, you're going with a guy who is not proven at all, who will probably not even start. So you're rolling with the idea of okay, well, we're making a trade with a team who's more than likely going with Gardner Minshew and Nick Foles. Perfect, perfect. We will take those picks because even if everything works out and you only get a second from them next year. If Indianapolis is not great, you're getting a, top, a, a another pick in the 30s. Yeah, right? well, and the thing is, is you know, as Arizona, you're still going to walk away with whatever defensive player that you want. Right, right, yeah. I if, mean, Arizona Arizona's really in prime position to let a team go up and get the quarterback that they that they so desire, knowing that. I mean, even if it's even if it's, let's say Vegas at seven that trades up to number three. And Arizona falls back all the way to number seven. You know, I mean, as you guys as you guys see, you know, we have one, two, three, four defensive players going consecutive five with, with Nolan Smith going shortly thereafter. But we have five we have the top four in my in our opinion, defensive players going one, two, three, four immediately after those quarterbacks. So yeah. um you know, Arizona's really in prime position. They don't go too far, they just go down to number four. Which they take the best pass rusher maybe the best defensive player in the draft, Will Anderson Jr., edge rusher out of Alabama. Um, you move back one spot, you get a ton more draft capital, and you walk out with the best pass rusher, best edge rusher in the in the draft. My opinion, the best player. Maybe, yeah, potentially the best player. I mean, Will Anderson checks all the boxes. Yep. He he works hard. He's quiet. There's 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 no drama regarding him. He's productive on the field, whether it's rushing the passer. He does very well against the run, and he can drop back into coverage. Now, the thing about Will Anderson is that, that I think has people concerned is his 2021 season was incredible. He was an absolute like he was he was dynamic as an edge rusher in 2021. 2022, he kind of crashed back down to earth. But at that point, people know the name Will Anderson. You know what you have to prepare for, and and they and they. The teams they played last year did what they had to do in order I'm to prepare. Sure for they, I'm sure they were doubling him. They had line or they had tight ends. They had running backs chipping him. You know, whatever. Like tackles were getting help against right. Will Anderson. The only tackle that I did not see get help on a consistent basis was Darnell Wright. He was the only tackle I saw all last year that did not get consistent help against Will Anderson. You know how many sacks Will Anderson had against Tennessee? Goose egg. None. Yeah, he did. Darnell Wright did have a very good game against them. Keep it pushing. Number five here. Number five, we do have Jalen Carter, um, who for a while was considered the number one player in the draft. 
Um, there's no denying the skill for Javon Carter. If he can right. get himself back into shape, not like his pro day, pre-pro day, Jalen Carter. Yeah, I mean, Jalen Carter's skill set is off the fucking charts. If this guy does does pull it together, you're getting someone who, I think I've said this before too, Cam Hayward type player. Yeah. I would say Aaron Donald, but he's much bigger than Aaron Donald. That's fair. Um, so, skill set wise, it really translate well translates well to what Cam Hayward does. Maturity is the big issue here. He got booked on a misdemeanor street racing charge that resulted in the death of a teammate after they won the national championship, and and the and the death of a staff of a, of a staff member for the University of Georgia. Well, that that Georgia, I don't know, they 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 got some issues down there. I mean, you got George Pickens fighting people from Georgia Tech on the field, getting suspended. Yeah. You got Stetson Bennett with his whole thing, knocking, yeah, beating his, on doors and, drunkenly and, in Texas. Yeah. You got Jalen Carter street racing with a teammate who was drunk. But it's a price you pay. It's a price you pay in order to win championships, right? Ugh, I don't know. I don't know if that's. It's 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 just the way it is. That, that's a that's a controversial topic there. I mean, I mean, University of Florida, two thousand eight. Yeah, I, I'm not going to disagree with you. It's, it's yeah. still, it doesn't make it any less controversial. Right. But, you know, Jalen Carter going into the right situation is is very, very vital. And I really think in the top 10, those right two situations are number five at Seattle, number six for Detroit. Yeah. Well, I mean, so the thing is, Pete Carroll does very well with young players. Yeah. He did very well in college when he was coaching the young men. They get rid of all of the veteran players. On Seattle, they get some youth on there. Team excels. It's, yeah, yeah, they're succeeding. They they succeed and they excel. You bring in Jalen Carter. I think Pete Carroll wraps his arms around him, brings him in, gives him the support and the system that he needs to succeed. Plus, what the hell are you going to do in Seattle? Yeah, yeah. I've never been to Seattle, but it doesn't <laughs> sound like it's a lot of fun there. <laughs> right, it's always raining. Right, and and the other thing with Pete Carroll is, you know. He is he is the he is a very 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 good players coach. They they have a very very good locker room there, very good atmosphere. Mm-hmm. I mean, outside of the whole Earl Thomas debacle, um, with him flipping off the sideline as he got carted off after that was a his, contract thing though, right? But that was also them not willing to get rid of him and not pay him. So I mean, that was that it was it was just a fucking mess. it was a mess. The, the Ravens dealt with it too. So I mean, well, yeah. It is what it is. But Jalen Carter going to Seattle, the number five, I think that's probably the ideal scenario for Jalen Carter. Yeah, that, that's a... That's and a, for Seattle. I mean, holy hell. If it, if it works out, you're getting a guy who's going to be an all-pro type player. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Tyree Wilson going number six to the Lions. They look for a running mate with Aiden Hutchinson. Tyree Wilson is definitely the second best edge rusher in this class. A um, little less refined than Will Anderson, but can provide a lot of value. Um, you have Aiden Hutchinson, who is a very refined pass rush talent. You put the raw pass rush talent on the other side of him. Good night. Yeah, it kind of t- takes off some of the pressure from Aiden Hutchinson. Also takes off the pressure from Tyree Wilson. You know, if you're taking a guy at number six overall, you kind of expect production immediately. Sure, right? Yeah, absolutely. And not having to not having to worry about that. Because they also have a guy by the name of James Houston, who's a really good pass rusher as well, mm-hmm. who, they, who was a late-round steal recently for the Detroit Lions. I can't remember when. Um, but putting him out there with Aiden Hutchinson with James Houston, you know, it really does a whole lot for him. 
a guy who broke the combine record for the longest wingspan, 86 inches. God bless. 86 inches as a pass rusher is insane. Jeez Louise. Um, so he's gonna get your ha- he's gonna get your hands his hands on the tackle and be ma- be able to make his moves before the tackle can even really adjust to it. Um, again, he does need some refinement. He is a raw talent, but the length and the upside are what has propelled him into the top ten. Yeah, absolutely. Um, a guy who is is very refined is Christian Gonzalez, going in number seven to the Las Vegas Raiders. Um, there's a lot of talk going on between who's the better corner, Christian Gonzalez, Devin Witherspoon. I personally think it's Christian Gonzalez. Um, he has less of a tendency to disappear during tape. Uh, he's been very, very consistent during his time at Oregon. I think, um, you know, the Raiders definitely have to go best available, I believe. I think they are going to be okay with rocking with uh, Jimmy Garoppolo mm-hmm. and Jared Stidham as their quarterbacks up for this upcoming season. If he's Stidham's even... gone, yeah, he signed somewhere. Broncos. He's the backup in Denver. Okay, well, whoever the hell the backup is for Jimmy Garoppolo now at this point, um, you know they're going to be okay with rocking with him. Adding on to that defense is incredibly vital. Going to Christian Gonzalez, who I think is the who is the best corner in the draft. I think I just think it's an outstanding move. Yeah, he's he's a very uh, very refined corner. Has uh has great coverage skills, you know has has great hands, probably the smoothest hips of any corner in this yeah. draft. I, I don't know if you guys watched his combine and the drills that they do. The he flips his hips very very smooth. It's it's a very controlled yet intentional movement when he's playing corner. So fantastic pick for them there at seven. Yeah. Um, at number eight, Falcons select Nolan Smith, edge rusher out of Georgia. They just need help. They need help everywhere. I mean, the defense has gotten better during free agency. There's they, no, there's no denying that they they added a lot of pieces. I mean, Christmas we we were literally watching a video earlier um, where I was like, well, God bless the Falcons. They have uh, two dudes on the defense with two first names trying to carry them to a freaking victory. AJ Terrell and Grady Jarrett. They got two dudes with two first names trying to get them wins. I mean, God bless you. Got to get you got to get them some help out there. Nolan Smith, edge rusher. You got a defensive tackle. You got the uh, you got the corner spot. AJ Terrell locked up. Um, they added Jesse Bates, Calais, Calais Campbell. They added somebody else too. Yeah, I just can't remember who. I think it was another safety. When I it wouldn't surprise me. Anyway, they're, yeah, they're, they're trying remember. to they're trying to shore up that that secondary. This is a very good pass rush draft. Nolan Smith, keep him home, Georgia. Yeah, you know he tested off the charts at the combine too. So I mean, he ran fast. He measured well. Um. He, te- he tested phenomenally in every, in every drill they ran. So, um, keeping the guy who went to who went to Georgia and Atlanta, I think it's a great move there by the by the uh, Falcons. Moving on to number nine, uh, you have another NFC the NFC South team trading into the top ten. We have the Tampa Bay Buccaneers making a trade with the Chicago Bears to go up to nine to grab Will Levis. This is a team that has a lot of questions surrounding the quarterback position. Uh, they still have the skill group at the receivers in order to succeed. Mm-hmm. Um, taking a chance on a guy like Levis, I think it makes a lot of sense for Tampa Bay. Um, I just, I just think it's an, I, I just think it's an all-around great move. A team that is quarterback needy. You don't know what Baker Mayfield's going to get you. There's a reason why Kyle Trask hasn't gotten more of an opportunity down there. Yeah, Tom Brady was there. Well, I, I'm aware. Of that, <laughs> but. Um, by the way, Falcons not a safety. Traded for Jeff Okuda. Ah, that's it. That's what it was. Yeah, that's... I just I just looked it okay. up. Okay. Um but getting a guy who you can 
build a team around long term. I think it makes a lot of sense for for Tampa Bay in the scenario. Um, I think Will Levis has, I mean, outside of Anthony Richardson, has the biggest bust potential of all the quarterbacks in the draft. Um, I, I think Anthony Richardson has the highest. I, although I think he's a little bit safer than Will Levis is. Um, but getting the guy to replace Tom Brady, it's a another solid step in the right direction. You'll never get anybody to replace Tom Brady. Well, he's I I think he would fare better than Baker Mayfield and Kyle Trask. Um, no, I'd still take Baker over Will Levis. They both, so I'll say this, they both came into the league very, very arrogant. Will Levis has a little bit of arrogance behind him. Baker Mayfield definitely did. That's coming from an Oklahoma fan. He definitely had some arrogance behind him. I kind of enjoyed it because he was on my bench. Um, If I was somebody playing against Oklahoma, I would hate to see it. Um, Baker Mayfield literally planted the Oklahoma flag in the middle middle of Ohio State, right in the O. Um. I personally love that for my quarterback. A little, little. Uh, you need to have that moxie. Little, little bulldog. Yeah, it. you need to have that have that moxie. Um, but Baker Mayfield has had the humbling experience of being let go by the Browns, playing for the Panthers, being traded or let go and signed by the Rams, let go by the Rams, signed to the Bucks. He's bounced around. I think Baker Mayfield's humbled a little bit, but I think Baker Mayfield's still more talented than Will Levis. I mean, on the whole, also, the Buccaneers don't really have a whole lot of holes on the roster. So maybe in another year of development for Will Levis could end up doing him some good. Let Baker Mayfield just give it his go- give it his best, see what happens. Baker Mayfield's still young enough to be a starting quarterback in the NFL for well, quite I, some well, time. I, I, I agree with you, but I think ultimately I think they'll decide that Levis is probably the better option. I mean, potentially. I will also say that Baker Mayfield has never had any sort of stability in his career. The most stable organization he had was the Rams, and they were a... Dumpster fire at the time. They were a disaster because they were riddled with injuries. Yeah. But, ultimately, Levis is the pick here at nine. Yeah, we're not here to talk about Baker. Yeah. Um, at number 10, Eagles select tackle out of Northwestern Peter Skronsky. Um, I made this pick... Well, I, I suggested this pick, not made... I suggested this pick because everybody, there's a consensus that Peter Skronsky will play guard in the NFL. Um, And I think that the Eagles draft Peter Skronsky to play guard. They could kick him out to tackle if they ever have to. But they just gave Jalen that massive contract. Keep him upright. Give him time in the pocket. Um, Peter Skronsky, a little bit smaller, so he fits that guard role a little bit better. Um, I think he would fit that little rugby scrum that they try to that they do very efficiently. Yeah. Not try to do it. They do it very efficiently. I think he would fit that very well. Yeah, Peter Skronsky, I think he is the best offensive lineman prospect in the draft. Um, you know, he really has the he has the skill set and the body. He can play anything from left tackle. He can play anything from left tackle to right tackle. He can play everything in between. So, I mean, having a guy with such versatility is going to be very vital, especially with a line that is getting a little older. Um, ultimately, I do think he is probably a guard long-term. And if you're getting him to play guard, I think you're getting a tremendous pick there at 10. Yeah, I think that, I think that's just a phenomenal pick for them. Um, the guy who I think is the best tackle, though, um, Parrish Johnson Jr., 11 to the Tennessee Titans. 
Uh, they let go of Taylor Lewan, so getting a guy to step in for his uh, for the left tackle position is going to be very, 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 um, very, very wise for Tennessee. Doesn't matter who the quarterback's going to be: Tannehill, Malik Willis, Trey Lance. Who knows? Um, there's rumors that he is that people are calling about Trey Lance for San Francisco. Um, but we've alluded to it time and time again. You have to keep your quarterback upright in this league if you want to win. Paris Johnson Jr. did a very good job of doing that for C.J. Stroud and Justin Fields in college. Yes. He's going to continue that for the Tennessee Titans. Yeah. I uh, love this pick for them. Like you said, got to keep, uh, whether it's Ryan Danhill, Malik Willis, or somebody else, got to keep him upright. Moving on. Number 12, Houston Texans. We went back and forth on this pick. Um, we ultimately decided on Kalijah Cansey, interior defensive lineman from Pittsburgh. Um, I think his athleticism entices um, D'Amico Ryans a little bit to help get that defensive line shirt up a little bit. Of course, we were contemplating Devin Witherspoon, the corner from uh, Illinois. And Jackson Smith at Jigba here. And Jackson Smith at Jigba. Um, ultimately opted out of JSN. I think they're satisfied with the receivers that they have there in Darnell Mooney, DJ Moore, and Chase Claypool. Um, and I think that they're okay with the corners that they have. Or, no, Christ, what am I talking about? I'm, I'm thinking the Bears here, the Texans. Um, yeah, lock that guy. I don't know why. I just, in my brain, Paris Johnson Jr. went to the Bears. That's on me. That's okay. Um, you may have sent Bears. I just didn't even catch you. May have. Um, the Texans, they need help on the defense. Kalijah Kansi, interior defensive lineman. D'Amico Ryan try, tries to rebuild the trenches. I'm trying to look for something real quick just to give you a quick little a quick little comparison. I just can't remember what year it was. Um, where the hell is it? Maybe 14. Yeah, it was 2014. What? Hold on a damn second. Ah, I was close. I was about to say, do you remember the last uh, last Pittsburgh defensive lineman that was taken at number 12 overall? Well, I have a feeling it's Aaron Donald, but was he number 12? No, he's number 13. Ow, oh, boogers. I know, I was close. But uh, Houston, trade back one. <laughs> Kalajic Hanty, really, uh, his, his body type and his frame are, re- are really reminiscent of Aaron Donald. Yeah, smaller um, interior defensive lineman, but freakishly athletic. Yeah, freakishly athletic. He's, I mean, he's he's a smaller guy. He's going to get pushed off the ball a lot, so he's going to be used primarily in pass that in pass rushing downs uh, in order to get after after the quarterback. But his speed is so incredible for the position that he plays. He's going to be a disruptor at the next level for sure. Mm-hmm. He's going to have to fill out in order to get that uh, in order to get his strength up in order to compete three downs. Um, Watch him come back his sophomore season. Every rookie does it. Yeah. Come back sophomore season. They are jacked. Yeah, yeah, you're exactly right. Um so with 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 time, um his frame will get better, bigger. He he will be able to compete all three downs. He'll be a great run stopper as well. Um but rookie year, he's gonna be more of a pass rusher than anything else on the interior. Um also remember, most of these young men are twenty one to twenty four years old. Yeah. They got a lot of growing to do. He's younger than us. Yeah. Yeah. Um, moving on to number 13, we have Darnell Wright, the tackle from Tennessee, going to the New York Jets. We talked about it earlier. Uh, he was the one guy who really was able to hold his own against Will Anderson uh, when they went against each other um, in that 
terrific game of Tennessee versus Alabama. It was great. Um, and that's really helped him fly up, fly up draft boards as well. Um, he has a lot of athleticism, which is really going to help him at the next level. Would translate to a great left tackle. Um, I think that allows them to move Makai Becton over to the right side and move Elijah Vera Tucker inside. Um, so it's it it does some shuffling around, but I don't think they're sold on what Makai Becton can do at left tackle. So bringing in a guy like Darnell Wright to take over for him instead, I think it's a great move. You draft Elijah Vera Tucker last year because he provides that versatility. Now you can kick him inside, and now you have three guys who very young on that off- on that offensive line. You're not too sure about Makai Becton, but I think if you move him to the right side, put less pressure on him, I think he does a lot better. He's he's very he's very similar to what Daywan Jones is this year. Mm-hmm. Big physical freak. Put him on the right side. Let him just dominate over there. Let the quarterback be able to see what's going on with his side as well, and I th- I think that helps him out a lot more. So. Darnell Wright, number 13, New York Jets. It's a great pick. Yeah, got to keep your quarterback up, whether it is Aaron Rodgers or Zach Wilson. Um, you get away with a less lesser offensive line with Aaron Rodgers because his decision-making is better. Yeah. And he's just a better quarterback. Zach Wilson, God bless. You got to give him 18 seconds in the pocket Yeah, and still throw up a prayer. Number yeah. 14, New England Patriots. Broderick Jones, tackle out of Georgia. Um, big body, tackle. Got to keep the quarterback up. Can't stress it enough. Whether it's Mac Jones, Bailey Zappi, or somebody next year. The Papa John's delivery guy. It might be the Papa John's delivery guy. Although, <laughs> by the looks of it, Ziggy was ready to take him out. So, I don't know how he's going to fare up fair against uh, Von Miller twice a year um, playing in <laughs> Pittsburgh. So, um, Roger Jones, got to win the trenches. Yeah. You know, you got you got to keep the quarterback upright, and Broderick Jones definitely does that. Had a history of doing it doing it at um at Georgia. Um, he's less athletic. He's much more bigger body, big body type. Hey, he's built like a storm shelter. Yeah, he's he's massively built. The athleticism isn't there, but that can come in time. More refinement. He didn't really have to do it a whole lot in Georgia, just because they were all so dominant. Yeah. Uh, moving on to number fifteen, whether it's Aaron Rodgers or Jordan Love. Although I think it will be Jordan Love, you got to have a pass catcher there. Security blanket for the quarterback, Dalton Kincaid. He's the most at most athletic tight end in the draft. Um, that's really where his upside is. His speed is incredible. He's so fast. He's so dynamic as a tight at, as at the tight end position mm-hmm. um, that he pose, he poses a lot of mismatches. So getting that security blanket for whoever the hell the quarterback is there in Green Bay, it's a great it's a great decision for them to go with. Yeah, another pass catcher. Um, you know, still still letting Romeo Dobbs and Christian Watson develop. Um, tight end. They let Robert Tunyon walk out the door. Um, I believe he plays for the Bears now. I think you're right. I think it's him and Cole Komet in the tight end room in Chicago. So, yeah. um, new tight end walking in. Great pass catcher. Very capable blocker. Not the best blocking tight end in the draft, but a very capable blocker. Better pass catcher, route runner than anything. Yeah. Number 16, the Washington Commanders select Devin Witherspoon. Um, they're salivating. They're they're flipping tables in the war room. Yeah. Um, some people say he's the best corner in the draft. Some people say he's number two behind Christian Gonzalez. Devin Witherspoon in Washington. 
God bless Washington. I, I, if I'm a Washington fan, I am thrilled about this pick. Yeah, absolutely. You know, the one thing the one thing that is concerning to me about Devin Witherspoon is that you know, unlike Christian Gonzalez, he does have the tendency to, to disappear on tape, right? And in the Big Ten, where they don't throw the ball as often, unless you're Ohio State, you know, it's it's it. That's a running conference. Yeah, you know, running running backs For sure. are, running backs are are def, are definitely you know the top commodity um there in the Big 10 and you know he he has very very good film very good film very very technical very aggressive corner so it's uh, things that you want out of a cornerback but you know not being not having a whole lot of throws at throws go his way uh it's a good thing it's a good thing people people avoiding him but for a conference that doesn't throw very much in general he didn't really there's not a whole lot of solid tape on him <clears throat> And in some of the tape, he does tend to disappear, which can be concerning. But with that said, you know, if you have a guy that's going to be playing opposite of Kendall Fuller. Yes. Okay. I always get that fucking confused. It's Kendall Fuller. If you have a guy playing opposite of Kendall Fuller, he gets that time to develop. Yes, he will be a little bit more of a target as opposed to Kendall Fuller. They still have Benjamin St. Juice, too. And him, Benjamin St. Juice, you know, you have guys that will be able to help him develop and... Instead of disappearing, sometimes he's always going to be there. Yeah. Well, they have two good safeties there in Washington as well, and Cameron Curl and Derek Forrest. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. So, so that I mean, the rich get richer at defense. I've I said it. I said it a few episodes back that, that the Washington Commanders have one of the best defenses in the NFL. Sure. If they can get a, a third corner that they can rely on consistently, mm-hmm. and that pass rush still continues to get home, good God. I think would Eric Bieniemy love an offensive weapon? Absolutely. Absolutely, but the defensive co- the defensive minded coach in Ron Rivera, knowing knowing what the de- what the defense can do, and now having everybody coming back and getting fully healthy, mm-hmm. I think this is going to. I think Devin Witherspoon to the Commanders, I think is just a match made in heaven. Quick question, and you probably don't even know the answer sure. to this. Just this is just us speculating. Uh, so the the Commanders are all but sold at this point. I think it's all but pen to paper. Like, yeah, the. Um, the distribution of money has been sent out. I believe. Um, what's his name? Dan Snyder is going to get five point three billion up front, and then two hundred fifty million. Oh, well, he's going to need it for his court case. Yeah. But anyway, continue. Um, does the new owner do the do the new owners get any say in and potentially who's taken here? Do you think you think maybe all of that has is done in in enough time that they get a say? Do you think maybe the league is allowing them to whisper to Ron Rivera and whoever the GM there is in, in Washington. I have no idea. Uh, you know, maybe in some, maybe in some way, shape, or form. You know, I, I, I that that's a great question. Um, I think to some capacity, they probably do have their opinion, and they pro- and they're probably providing their input. You yeah, know, ju- just just like any NFL owner would. Um, you know, the guy who bought the team, whose name is escaping me, is it Josh Harris? Josh Harris. Thank you. Yeah. Um. You know, in, in in case you in case you don't know his history, or if you or if you missed the episode where we where we discussed it a little bit, Josh Harris is the owner of the Philadelphia 76ers and the New Jersey Devils. Five years ago, they were both the laughing stock of their sports. Yeah, well, the Philly, the whole Philly mantra years ago was trust the process. Yeah, tr- yeah, trust the process. You know, New Jersey was abysmal after Mark Tambor left. Um, that was fucking over ten years ago. I want to say now at this point, golly. And and Philly was so bad for so long. This guy knows what it takes to get a team to the top. 
Magic Johnson's part of this group. He was part of the the Lakers franchise. Yeah, the Lake Show. Magic Johnson has said publicly, "I have a I have a championship ring for every single sport besides football." Because because he, he's a member of the Dodgers owners group. Yeah, and I don't know who I don't know what NHL team he owns, but he's a owner. He has probably owner, the Golden Knights. He has ownership of a NHL team as well, and I gotta look it up now because I am curious. Probably the Golden Knights. If I had to, if I had to take a chance, but. Magic Johnson's a very, he was a very flamboyant, like, superstar when he was in the league. So, I mean, who's stopping them from taking, like, Jackson Smith and Jigba here, or even Bijan Robinson, kind of that flair pick? Yeah, you know, I mean, that that's an incredible point. You know, will the new owner have any input whatsoever? This I, all just came to me. You know, I I, th- I think there's a possibility they do have some input. They probably have, they'll probably have their idea of who they would like to see the team grab. Sure. But ultimately, I think they're going to, I think because they haven't been able to do their homework, I think they're going to just, I think they're going to trust in what the GM, who I don't know who it is, and they're going to trust in what uh, Ron Rivera and the coaching staff have found out about about these guys and I think they're going to trust it trust their judgment to make the right decision for the team. Because we saw what happened in Sam Howell's one start. Granted, it was one fucking start. I think Sam Howell's going to be a very competent quarterback and if not As you have I. Joe you, you have Jacoby Brissett. I think he's going to be incredibly competent. I think he's going to I think he's going to do it's not even coming up right now. Whatever. I think he's I think he's going to have an incredible season for for the Washington Commanders. And right now, I think what they're going to try and do is they're going to keep building the defense to show him, look, we have the running game. You have a number one wide receiver. You have a guy who's a gadget player in Curtis Samuel. And you have a guy who can go over the middle and make those tough catches in Jahan Dotson. All we're missing is a tight end, which they could realistically take here. They could realistically take a tight end as well. I would not put it past them. But I think they're going to go ahead and I think they're, I think the whole mindset is, look, we have the offensive coordinator. He will call plays to put you in a in a position for success. Mm-hmm. We will not let the other team score more than twenty. I just need you to score. I just need you to put the ball in the end zone three times. That's it. And 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 not even that. You know, if you can get if you can get us into the red zone four times and punch it in twice, we're in good shape. The other team will not score twenty. Adding on with another corner, I think it's a. I think it would be a home run of a home run selection for them. Fans were pissed last year when they didn't get Kyle Hamilton. They're not going to let another second, uh, uh, one of the better players in the secondary, pass them up this year. Well, I mean, when you're in a division where you have to play AJ Brown and Devontae Smith yep. twice a year, you do still have to go against Ceedee Lamb and now Brandon Cooks. Yep. Um, you don't have to worry about the Giants. You're going to be okay. Well, you see, you, you see who we have in picking, and they didn't trade for Darren Waller. And you still have to worry about Saquon Barkley out of the backfield. You have a little bit more to worry about than, 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 we're, than we're kind of hitting off. Remember, Daniel Jones is the second-best quarterback in the NFC. I said it Tuesday. I don't think he is. Well, I know you don't. You, you said he's third. In the NFC yes. East? No. Yeah. You and I both agree that he's better than Dak Prescott. In the NFC East, yes. He's the third best quarterback in the NFC East. Yeah, you. We both said that he's better than Dak Prescott. Yes. Well, second best in the NFC East. F- fair, fine, whatever. In the East, yes. In the NFC total, no. Yeah, you say you say third. I say second. 
Well, I think he's better than Derek Carr. Well, there's also Matt Stafford. There's also Jared Goff. I think he's better than. Uh, okay, I forgot about Jared Goff. Okay, okay. Um, he's better than Matt Stafford, but I forgot about Jared Goff. I forgot. I forgot about Jared Goff. Let's see. Mock draft. Mock draft. I'm not here to talk about that. Hee <laughs> hee. Uh, number seventeen. Anton Harrison, tackle from Oklahoma, going to the Pittsburgh Steelers. This makes me mad. I understand. Andy Hooser. Uh, the Steelers need to keep Kenny Pickett upright. You know, getting a guy who is who does have the athleticism of Anton Harrison. You know, the Big 12 is kind of the same way as the Big 10. They run the ball a lot. Defense isn't um, isn't a point of emphasis in the Big 12. It hasn't been for a while. It's been it's been they're trying. Oklahoma is trying. Well, they're all trying, but it's the wild wild fucking west. They run up fucking points like it's nothing. Well, they brought in a defensive guy. Took him a year. I think it, the Oklahoma defense will be better this season. The point the point that I'm making is you know, if you if you have if you have rushing attacks with which Oklahoma does have a pretty good rushing attack. Listen to last year, Eric Gray was was very very effective. Um, even Dylan Gabriel was it was was an effective runner at the quarterback position. Yeah. Um, your offensive linemen tend to be athletic and can get out and um, and move as well. So Kenny Pickett, mobile quarterback, Najee Harris, pretty good running back. Um, getting a guy who has athleticism at the left tackle position. Is a great move there by the Pittsburgh Steelers. Yeah, well, I mean, if you just kind of, if you just look at, you know, some of the offensive linemen that Oklahoma has put into the NFL, Trent Williams, best left tackle in football. Lane Johnson. Lane Johnson, best, best right, right tackle, tackle yeah. in football. Creed Humphrey, best center. Ah, second. Arguably the best center. Second. It's number two, but you could argue it. Ah, I'd say I'll say third. Jason Kelsey's better than Tyler Underbaum. So, you have it. Jason Kelsey, Tyler Linderbaum, Creed Humphrey. Interesting. Okay, I'd say I'd, I'd say Tyler Linderbaum's number three. That's just me. No. Um, you got Ben Powers. He was a fantastic left guard. Um, name a right guard. I don't know that I. I don't know that I can name a right guard from. You suck. Can you can you name an offensive lineman from Ohio State? Uh, currently playing in the NFL or about to be playing in the NFL? Currently. Don't t- don't try me, don't test my gangster. Um, <laughs> um, Orlando Brown Jr. was a very good right tackle when he played for the Ravens. Not as good as a left tackle, but he was a very good right tackle. Um, I have angered you. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. I can't think of a. I can't think of a right guard, but um. Anyway, well, Tyrese Robinson is a guard. I don't know if he's a right guard. Anyway, Oklahoma does a very good job of putting out offensive linemen into the NFL. Anton Harrison is a good pick for the Steelers, although I do not like it because I do not like the Steelers. Moving on. Eight team. Lions select Michael Mayer. They traded away TJ Hawkinson to the Vikings. Michael Mayer is an extension of the offensive line. He's a very good blocker who can catch the football. Uh, he's kind of like the polar opposite of Dalton Kincaid. Like, Dalton Kincaid is a very good pass catcher and route running tight end. Is capable blocking. Before I, can, before I continue, I'd like to apologize. No, can't name one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, can't name one. Sorry. Um, yeah, you know, Michael Mayer, you know, he does a lot of things really well, but he doesn't do anything great. 
You know, he's he's slow. Slow as all hell. Well, um, he's built like an offensive tackle. Yeah, he's he's huge. Um, his numbers are really, really inflated. His production is because there was such a lack of production at Notre Dame on offense. You know, he was the offense. So his numbers are very, very inflated because of that, because of the targets. But, you know, he, do, he does a little bit of everything. You know, blocking is a really big part of his game. And, you know, with a team that's going to be able to run the ball with Dondre Swift and David Montgomery, um, you know, it's it's going to be, I think, a match made in heaven. Jared Goff having another guy that he can throw the ball to. I mean, he's going to be like a less athletic Tyler Higby, who Jared Goff loved when he was in um, uh, L.A. Yeah, I mean... He he was not bad at all. I mean, Jonah Jackson. Have you heard of that name? No, no. <laughs> I don't. Know, I looked him up. I didn't see anything. Fair enough. I'm just trying to help you out. No, I appreciate that. Anyway, keep moving. Uh, Brian Branch. We have him going 19th. Finally to the Chicago Bears. Andrew Norwell. Okay, sure. Whatever. You know one. Whatever. Not important. Not important. But Brian Branch. Uh, he's listed as a safety. He's gonna end up playing slot corner when he gets to the NFL. He has he's he's like that versatile guy that Kyle Hamilton was last year, but he just doesn't have the same body type that Kyle Hamilton does. The nickel defensive back. Yeah, he he yeah, he he definitely fits that slot role a lot better than Kyle Hamilton does. I agree. Yeah, but Kyle Hamilton's just a such a he's so lanky, physical specimen at six foot four slot corner. He's so damn lanky. Right. So having a guy that can step in. Uh, to that secondary, they already have Kyler Gordon and Jalen Johnson on the outside. They're very good outside corners. You need a guy on the inside. Mm-hmm. They're trying to rework that secondary as well. I think they're going to go with the Ravens mantra of you can never have too many corners. Yeah. Well, Off- offense is getting there, and right now they're kind of in a tough spot because they let every single tackle go before them. Yeah, I mean, if they stayed home at 9, they're definitely taking Paris Johnson Jr., um, but they ended up moving off, you know, they moved back, got some more draft capital. We did it. We actually had the bucks. I mean, you're moving up 10 spots into the top 10. So you got to give up a haul. We have the bears walking out of this draft with three first round picks next year. Cause they have one from Carolina for the, you know, the number one overall draft pick. I, we had the bears absolutely fleecing the bucks, but I think it's a phenomenal pick. Um, you get the slot corner. The nickel defensive back, you know, they have two good safeties already in Jaquan Brisker and Eddie Jackson. Eddie Jackson is a little bit older. Heavens forbid anything happens to one of those two. You have Brian Branch that can step into that role. Um, already has some some cohesiveness and some chemistry with the rest of the defense and the secondary. I think I think that's just a home run pick. And they also do have a defensive head coach in Matt Eberflus. Yeah, and and all that all that put together, you know, the second the secondary is going to be the lifeblood of that defense for sure. You know, the offense is going to be in pretty good shape. They're going to score points. They're not going to be as anemic as they were last year with scoring. And the defense is not going to be as porous. So, sure enough, that secondary is definitely a very good step in the right direction for the Bears. Yeah, in a passing NFL, you have to have two things right. You have to have the receivers right, and you have to have the secondary right. Yep. And I think they've already made pretty substantial steps in order to get the receiving core right Mm -hmm. one more a slot guy a guy who can fill the back end as well in case injuries happen or just a rotational piece for a safety you know that's um all steps in the right direction for sure absolutely at number 20 seattle seahawks select egg rusher miles murphy out of clemson um 
we had them taking Jalen Carter earlier in the round at fifth, at five, fifteen Christmas at five. Um, they have some decent pass rushers over there in Seattle, like you know, a, a couple of guys that can give you five to ten sacks any given season. Uh, Draymond Jones is their big free agent acquisition from Denver. Yeah, that's that's what he was brought there for. Yeah, so they already addressed the interior defensive line. You bring in Miles Murphy, pass rusher, outside linebacker. Um, they have the interior of the linebacker set with Bobby Wagner and Derek, not Jesus, um, Jordan Brooks. Jordan Brooks. You, I must have Derek Brooks. That would have been, been cool. That would have been really cool. That would have been real cool. Um, Jordan Brooks, they're set there. Secondary set. It's the pass rush that's really, I think, holding that team back. So Jalen Carter plus Miles Murphy, uh, Draymond Jones. You know that's gonna that those are a lot of steps in the right direction, making Seattle a very scary team. Yeah, you got a very young secondary um, that played really well. Yeah, yeah. Kobe Bryant, Tariq Woolen, got Quandre Diggs on the back end. You have Jamal Adams who can take anybody's head off at any given moment. Um, it's kind of falling off a cliff since leaving leaving the Jets, but I think we all knew that would happen. Yeah, kind of a linebacker playing safety. Yeah, all right, keep it pushing. Uh, at number 21, uh, we have Jackson Smith and Jake, but finally the first wide receiver going off the board to the Los Angeles Chargers. Keenan Allen starting to get up there in age. He was more of their tactician, route runner guy, make separation, make things easier for everybody else. Injuries and age are starting to compound and a very high cap hit for the upcoming season. Getting a guy who is going to be a younger, faster version of Keenan Allen in Jackson Jackson Smith and Jigba. It's a great move. We contemplated having them trade up to go get Jackson Smith and Jigba at, I want to say 12. We thought about having them trade uh, to number 12 with Houston. Ultimately, we had them stay put, still had them get Jackson Smith and Jigba, um, adding another target to to that arsenal for Justin Herbert. Yeah, I didn't think that trading up was for a receiver was necessarily a need for the Chargers. They do still have Keenan Allen. Um, they did, I believe, just re-sign Josh Palmer. They have uh, Mike Williams. So trading up isn't necessarily uh, a need for them. But if you stay home at 21 and you're able to grab the number one receiver in the draft, you can't pass it up. Yeah, and with that said, I think if there is a wide receiver worth trading up for in this draft, it is going to be Jackson Smith and Jigba. I think he is by far the best receiver in the draft. Um I know there was. I, I know we had conversations about that earlier on about whether he was or not. I think I think he has established himself as the best receiver in the draft. Um, I so just, I just think it's funny when it comes to him. There was a time, maybe a month or so ago, before the combine, it was consensus that Jackson Smith at Jigba was not a first round talent. Now here we are, a week out from the draft. Nobody else, he, nobody else is a first round talent besides him, and he's the only first round talent. I just think it's so funny how how quickly this uh, this draft stuff switches up. That's what makes it interesting. Yeah, is it, it's it's always changing, it's ever changing, but it makes it it makes it interesting. I mean, I have pictures on my phone of the first mock draft we did, and just the names that I see now compared to the names that I saw then, it's it's totally different. Wild, totally different. I mean, Cam Smith was the number one corner. Not even first round talent now. No, uh, keeping it pushing. Twenty two. The Ravens trade out of this pick with the New Orleans Saints, um, and the New Orleans Saints select Deontay Banks, corner out of Maryland. Um, we contemplated the other corner that went in later in the draft, Joey Porter Jr. For them, we ultimately decided out of it um, that the Raven or the Ravens, 
Uh, the Saints do not need two press man corners in Marshawn Lattimore and Joey Porter Jr., so they went with the more athletic Deontay more, Banks. More, yeah, more versatile corner. You can line him up on the outside. You can line him up inside. You know, he's he's going to hold his own either way. Um, great pick by the Saints. You know, I, I, Deontay Banks could be a very, very good corner in the NFL. A uh, little bit of a homer here since he's from Maryland, but... You know, he, he's an athletic freak, ran ran really, really well to Combine. Um, I think he's going to be a great addition to that already very stout defense there in, there in New Orleans. Well, yeah, I mean, just looking at the divisional matchups alone, he's going to take on the Chris Godwin assignment, which I think he can handle because mm-hmm. um, you know Marshawn Lattimore and Mike Evans are going to go after it and probably beat the hell out of each other like they always do. Yep. Um, when they play the Panthers, he is going to take on the DJ Chark assignment. Marshawn Lattimore will have the Adam Thielen, Thielen assignment. Yeah. I like his I like his chances against um, DJ Chark as well. Likewise, um, and then looking against the Falcons, is it chaos? No, he's gone. He actually signed somewhere else. Okay, so in that in in that case, he will take on uh, the Drake London assignment because uh, Kyle Pitts will go against Marshawn Lattimore. There you go. Um, and Drake London has has a little bit of size on him, uh, but Deontay Banks has the speed. To make up to make up for that, even if you want to go, even if you want to go, uh, size on size, you know, Deontay Banks is technical enough to deal with a guy like Kyle Pitts. Mm-hmm. Sure. So, and you still have Marcus May and um, Tyron Matthew. Tyron Matthew over the top. Yeah. Twenty three. This is probably my favorite pick of the whole mock draft. Really, this is the big curveball of of the whole thing. And you know what? I'm very happy that I get to explain it. This was the curveball. It took a little bit of enticing and encouraging for you to get me to do this, but ultimately, I threw up the white flag. Look, I'm I'm a very, very big believer that Hendon Hooker should be a first-round pick this year. Had he not torn his ACL, he would have been in conversation, I think, to be a top 16 pick. Um, with that said, Minnesota is not going to win the Super Bowl with Kirk Cousins. No. They're, they're, they're not getting any closer. So having a guy who was in a pure air raid offense, who has no problem throwing the piss out of the ball, having him sit behind Kirk Cousins for a year and then moving off of him, letting Hendon Hooker recover from his ACL injury, and having that extra year of control, making sure you get him in the first round and guarantees you the option of having him for another for, for a fifth year. Yeah, you basically get the four years... Because you're you're pretty much I don't want to say you're chalking this year for him, but you're chalking the majority of the year. But I mean, you're 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 redshirting him basically with the, with yeah. the idea of development. Mm-hmm. You're going to learn an NFL system, and then when it's your turn, you're going to take over the team. And he poses much better traits than Kirk Cousins does. I agree. So getting Hendon Hooker at twenty three, the Vikings have a litany of needs on the defensive side of the ball, but this is a typical. Vikings' decision of saying, fuck it. We want another quarterback. Yeah, I mean, they just let their best defensive player, Eric Kendricks, walk. Zadarius Smith wants a trade. Daniel Hunter probably ain't too far behind. Daniel Hunter's probably tired of the shit. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah. Why why would we spend draft capital on defense when we can just try to score more than everybody? Yeah, I mean, I mean, ultimately, you know, you're developing a quarterback to use him for the future. You know, you can't go wrong with a decision like that. So, Hendon Hooker at 23 to Minnesota. 
I think it's a, I think it's a great move. I think Minnesota is even a even a team that you can see trading into the top ten to get a quarterback this year as well. But they stay pat. They get Hendon Hooker at twenty three, and that's not a settlement either. I think that's a guy that they have legitimate interest in, and I would not be surprised if they if they pulled the trigger on him in round one this year. If they trade into the top ten for a quarterback, I don't know. I don't know what my reaction would be. Wild. Yeah, that's. That's wild to think about. 24, Jacksonville Jaguars select uh, the number one guard, labeled guard, in the uh, NFL draft, Osiris Torrance out of Florida. Um, they need some interior help on that offensive line. And you're going to be okay on uh, at the tackle position. Um, after we made this pick, we contemplated, man, man we could have gave him Daywan Jones, pure right tackle there. Um, gave him interior help. You got to help keep your franchise quarterback up. Um Give him time to throw the football to all of the weapons. Calvin Ridley, um, Christian Kirk, Zay Zay Jones. Got to give him time to throw to those weapons. Um, Evan Ingram, even Travis Etienne out of the backfield. Him running the football, um, running between the tackles. Got to have good guards to block there. So Osiris Torrance makes a lot of sense um, in that Doug Peterson offense. You know, that was another point that I was about to make. Having Travis Etienne being so versatile, using him in the screen game, having him run between the tackles, you know, having a guy that can, you know, Osiris, Osiris Torrance is a pretty athletic guard. He can pull. Yeah, he yeah he can he can definitely pull. So having, I'm not talking about women. Who knows? He, he, he might, he might have, he might have Riz like that. I don't know. He might have the Riz. I don't know. I don't know him that well, but, um, being able to have that guard who can get out in front for your running back, it definitely helps out a lot. Yeah. Um, number 25, we have the Giants taking Zay Flowers, uh, the wide receiver, wide receiver from Boston College. Daniel Jones needs the fucking help. Whether you think he's the top five quarterback in the NFC or not, he needs the help. He needs pass catchers. Um, Dable could do a lot with this young man. Yeah, he, yeah. Zay Flowers is very versatile. He probably runs the best routes between him and, and Tank Dell. Um, they both run the best routes. Plus, he played in Boston College. He played in that cold weather. He's going to be used to playing in New Jersey. We thought about Jordan Addison here, who, yes, he did play at Pittsburgh for a time, but he also did just move out to Southern California. He spent a year at USC. Right, so having a guy who stayed in the Northeast, he's used to it, having him slide in to be the number one wide receiver there in New York, I think it's just a match made in heaven. Yeah, uh, that's a fantastic pick for the Giants. I am very, very high on Zay Flowers. Once I did my research on him, I was doing my research on some of the wide receivers. Once I did my research on him, I fell in love with his game. I think he's going to be a fantastic receiver. Um, you know, comps to someone like Stephon Diggs, Keenan Allen. Comp that I see a lot is Tyreek Hill without the speed. Okay. The versatility that he's able to provide. A little, little bit of A-B. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, Antonio Brown's probably a really good one. I think I think I think Antonio Brown minus the CTE is probably the yeah. best one. Yeah. I love that. I, I I love that pick for for the Giants. I love anybody. Like, if you get Zay Flowers in this draft, I'm very happy for you. Yeah. Uh next pick, Dallas Cowboys. Bijan Robinson running back out of Texas. Um I think this just tickles Jerry Jones until he can't breathe anymore. Um That might have been a little morbid. I Wish I could say I was sorry. Um, this, what? No, you don't. Yeah, well, yeah, I just lied. Um, I don't know, man. They uh, Ezekiel Elliott is gone. I don't think they're going to try to restructure a deal to get him back. Um, Tony Pollard's coming off a broken leg. 
Bijan Robinson can be a workhorse to start the season until Tony Pollard comes back. Then you kind of split the backfield. Um, Bijan Robinson from Texas, uh, probably I I said it before we did the show. If Bijan Robinson goes to Dallas, that will be the number one sold jersey in the NFL next season. Yeah, I mean it just makes sense. You know, the best running back to come out of Texas in some time, staying for the number one team in Texas. It just makes a whole lot of sense there for him to stay in um in Dallas. You will see you will see four jerseys in Jerry World. That will be B. John Robinson, CeeDee Lamb, Micah Parsons, and Trayvon Diggs. Only four jerseys you will see. Dak. I think I think you'll only see those four. May you might see one Dak jersey. He'll probably get the shit kicked out of him. I mean Dak was so hot as rookie here, everybody bought his jersey. Yeah. Those will be the four main jerseys you yeah. see in Jerry World. Uh, let's keep it moving because we are rolling on like over an hour and a half just talking about this. Um, yeah. Uh, kind of speed run here through the through the not really speed run, but we'll keep the we'll keep it short. Uh, Daylon Jones, uh, tackle from Ohio State, going to the Buffalo Bills at number twenty-seven. He's a more of a right tackle than than anything. Um, Benefits really well from ha- right tackles benefit really well from having an athletic quarterback, um, which Josh Allen is. You got to keep the quarterback upright. We've said it how many times? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven times already. Got to <laughs> you got to keep the fucking quarterback upright. So, Daywan Jones at number twenty seven makes a whole lot of sense for the Buffalo Bills. Yeah, I definitely agree. Twenty eight Cincinnati Bengals select tight end Luke Musgrave out of Oregon State. Um, they did sign Irv Smith in the offseason because they lost Hayden Hurst. Um, I mean, I could see them doing a handful of things here, whether it be um, a cornerback, whether it do be a tight end. I think, honestly, if B. John Robinson is sitting there at 28 for them, they're taking him and moving one from Joe Mixon. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know, they're so... Right now, Cincinnati's so fixated on offense and offense only. So, you know, we did think about going with corner for them, but ultimately we decided uh, tight end is probably going to be the best selection. Yeah. Uh, moving on to number 29, the Ravens finally get their chance to pick, and they grab Jordan Addison, wide receiver out of USC. Um, adding another wide receiver, I, you know, I've said it multiple times on the podcast before. DeAndre Hopkins is a pipe dream. I don't think it's a realistic one now at this point. I think Rocky Sin uh, is a more realistic addition than DeAndre Hopkins is now at this point. And if we take a receiver in the first round, I think that all just sells the idea of DeAndre Hopkins not coming to Baltimore. So being able to get another wide receiver for Lamar when he does inevitably return, because he will play this season. Um, how much longer will he play after that? Couldn't tell you. But he's at least going to be in Baltimore this season. Um, so having De- Jordan Addison with Odell, with Nelson Aguilar, with Rashad Bateman, with Devin Duvernay, Mark Andrews, Isaiah, Isaiah Likely, and the running game, lethal. Yeah, I mean... I think this just goes to further prove that the Ravens are committed to trying to help Lamar Jackson win football games. This will be the third wide receiver they have drafted in the first round since drafting Lamar Jackson, plus making the addition of Odell Beckham Jr., who I know some people are like, oh, another aging receiver for the Ravens, go frickin' figure, but um, I think Odell still has some gas in the tank he can offer offer something. Yeah. At least the name alone is going to draw attention right. to, from defenses. Right. Number 30, Philadelphia Eagles select Joey Porter Jr. Um, this is kind of a luxury pick for them. They uh, you know, they did just re-sign James Bradbury and Darius Slay. Both of them are getting older. 
Um, you know, they lost both of their coordinators, offensive and defensive. So it's, it is a little curious to see what they're going to run on either side of the ball. Um, I think, I think the addition of Joey Porter Jr. here in the secondary helps keep them on track. Add Peter Skronsky earlier in the draft, sure up the offensive line, sure up the secondary. I think this is a great pick for them. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Number thirty-one, Kansas City Chiefs luxury pick. You want to talk about luxury picks? Another wide, right? Another wide, another wide receiver there for uh, Patrick Mahomes. Quentin Johnston, six foot four, runs a four, ran a four-five. Still fast. Hands are hands are a little bit of an issue for him. But you know, if you're able to get another wide receiver who has that type of speed for Patrick Mahomes' offense, it's just a match made in heaven. Yeah, I mean, you don't need him to be Superman. You have that in Travis Kelsey. You also have Kadarius Tony. Marquez Vados Scantling. Well, your Superman wears number fifteen. Well, he'll, he'll he will make sure that look the drops issue that can be solved. Hit the jugs machine. Yep, the drops issue will be solved. But you can't teach six foot four that runs a four five, almost four four forty. I I agree. I can't, agree. Can't teach that. So ultimately, you know, while they could decide to go with a defensive lineman, they could decide to go with a corner. Maybe Jack Campbell out of high out of Iowa, the linebacker. Those are all very possible realistic uh, realistic uh, picks for the uh, for the Chiefs. Mm-hmm. But I think the thought of just going with another wide receiver just is just, it makes a lot of sense for them. Makes Andy Reid socks wet. Cool. Andy Reid seems like he sweats a lot. Yeah, probably. you you know he has some sweaty feet. <laughs> he probably does. Yeah. Uh, keep it a pushing here. Anyway, that is the final mock draft for for us this season. Um, we will do what we can to post it on Instagram so you guys can see it there as well. Uh, make sure you share it with your loved ones. Let them know. We're not. Let us know what you think. Are we right? Are we wrong? Do we'll you think find out? We'll find out next Thursday. Do you think we're two morons? If you do, you're not wrong. Um, but please don't tell us that. We are very sensitive. Um, keep it a pushing here. This uh, this I found out just a little bit ago. Tyler Huntley plans to sign his tender on Monday. Yeah, so uh, the Ravens finally have a quarterback on roster besides Anthony Brown. A Pro Bowl quarterback a at that. A Pro Bowl quarterback on roster, so get so, fucking ready. We're back, baby. Yeah, ultimately, um, you know, familiarity in the locker room. Everybody in that locker room respects Snoop, respects what he's been able to do. Um, did he cost us a playoff game? I'll be blunt, yes. Do I did I want to beat the shit out of him? At also, time, yes. At the time, yes. Do I want to now? Not so much. If I see him, we'll kind of play it. We'll flip a coin. We'll see. Yeah, we'll play it by ear. But having having Snoop come back into the locker room, I think ultimately it could help us get back Lamar Jackson as well. Familiarity, he knows what he's getting out of his backup. Mm-hmm. Um, so so great move by the Ravens being able to bring back Snoop. I know it was their intention all along, but finally signing the tag at least ensures us another year of Pro Bowl quarterback play. There you go. See what you did there. Uh, Keeping it pushing here. Ravens wide receiver, Odell Beckham Jr., shortly after signing his deal with the Baltimore Ravens, is already in some trouble. It is He is an alleged suspect in a assault case. In Los Angeles. In Los Angeles at a Los Angeles hotspot. Some girl, I think her name is Delilah from what I read. Not important. Not important. She's a liar. Um, claims that Odell p- 
put his hands lightly around her throat. And uh, all of this is now coming out as soon as he signs a pretty lucrative deal. Yeah. Um, I like how there was emphasis on lightly around her throat. Um, I I always hate to say that people are lying and bag chasing. But there's just something about this story that does not add up. Ten hours ago, the restaurant owner claims... a. Um, says assault claims against Odell Beckham Jr. is false. Because it just it just seemed false, right? Because you claim that he put his hands around your throat, but then it was also reported that the two of them just continued to hang out in the place. Not together, but they were both still in there and like nothing else transpired. Right. So I don't truly understand that. Uh, I, I hate to say that people are lying, and bag chasing, but it kind of feels like she might be. Uh, girl's not name. Girl's name is not Delilah. The spot is called Delilah. Okay, well there you go. Somebody was Delilah. Um, but the owner of the restaurant where the incident allegedly occurred said this: "We we were contacted about an investigation and reviewed the, and reviewed the videos. The claim is false. There was no evidence of this person even being in the uh, area <laughs> where she claims the incident occurred. So yeah." I, so, like when I initially read it um, from TMZ, it just didn't like this news broke late last night. This report has been re- this has been on Pro Football Talk on NBC Sports, posted by Mike Borio today at nine fifteen a.m. Yeah, so, so we there can, you go. We can put that to bed. Yep, put that one to bed pretty quickly. Odell ain't that ain't in trouble no more. We're in good shape. <clears throat> Players that are in trouble. Uh, Jim Carrey from uh, from Liar Liar. Stop breaking the law, asshole. Five players have now been suspended by the NFL for betting on sports. Jamison Williams is the marquee name, the now second-year wide receiver from the University of Alabama for the Detroit Lions. Um, is suspended for six games for gambling on college sports on a sports app at the team facility. It is not illegal to gamble on sports in the state of Michigan. Bless you. Thank you. It is not illegal for NFL athletes to bet on college sports either, but it is illegal for them to, it's a breach of team conduct for them to do it in the facility, which is what him, which is what he and Stanley Brighthill Stanley Barry Hill the third both did. They both received received six game suspensions. Uh, Quintez Cephas, C.J. Moore, and Shaka Tony of the Washington Commanders all receive indefinite suspensions. Quintez Cephas and C.J. Moore have both promptly been cut by the Detroit Lions. Golly, guys, have we not learned from Calvin Ridley that it's just not worth it? Yeah, it's really not. Now again, Jameson Williams and um, Stanley Perry Hill the third. They didn't do anything wrong besides actually do it at the facility. Which again, you're not supposed to do. Can't but do it. but what they did wasn't um not really illegal. Yeah, but they are still allowed to play in the preseason, show up in the off season, come and be there, be a part of team activities. They just will not be playing in the first six games of the year. 
Okay. Well, you can't do that. Yeah. Uh, keeping it pushing here. Arizona Cardinals release new uniforms. They are terrible. Yeah. Um, they are a almost copy and paste from the Utah Utes uniforms. Awful. Almost they're, a copy and paste. They're fucking ugly. They are they are worse now than they were before. They weren't even that bad before. They were not bad. They yeah, they weren't bad before. They were a viable and semi appealing uniform before. I probably should have pulled up a picture so I could post them on the podcast, but you guys can Google or look it up on Twitter. They're everywhere. They're terrible. Yeah. Quite literally terrible. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely awful. Um and then last thing we have on the docket for you guys today is during a, uh, I guess, a pre-draft presser with uh, with the media down in Miami, Tua Tagovailoa did, did confirm that he did contemplate retirement following his concussion issue this past season, um, citing that, um, you know, he didn't really know if it was worth it. He didn't really want to risk getting hurt again, but he was assured that, I guess, what happened this past season is not going to have any long-term repercussions against him until he gets another one. Yeah, I mean, I guess we'll find out if it does or does not. Um, I know the NFL is working towards having a helmet that is set to reduce concussions for quarterbacks. Said to be safer. Said to be safer. We'll see if it actually works. Yeah. Who knows? That'll be an interesting question. Um, But, uh, you know, we've always wished Tua, nothing but good health here on this podcast. We'll continue to do that. Hopefully this doesn't affect his NFL career. Yeah. Um, hopefully he will still be able to keep playing. Um, I don't know. We'll see, but that's all we got today. Hope you guys enjoyed this very long episode. We spent a lot of time bullshitting about video games. And then, of course, it was our last mock draft of the of the season. Um, we get all giddy inside doing these, so we you know, wanted to take our time talking about it. It's also the big news in the NFL. Um, so that's this week's episode. We will see you guys on Thursday live on YouTube. We're going to figure out how to get that done for you. Uh, for the NFL draft, are we, wearing, are we wearing suit tops? TBD. TBD. We'll discuss it. We'll figure it out. Um, hope you guys uh, are down to join us. Maybe you just have it running on uh, running on your laptop while you watch the draft live. That's A-OK as well. Um, that way you can watch the draft and also hear us discuss it. Yeah, because, of course, you know, we definitely will have our own two cents about what's going on. Um, but I also understand if you would rather watch Booger McFarlane almost fall asleep at the desk. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, one can only fucking hope, man. Ah, man. But, again, next Thursday, our one and only episode next week. I know we've been we've been doing pretty good with doing two a week. Just telling you guys now that it's going to be our only episode next week. Um, so... Going to be taking some time off until next Thursday. Till then, stay frosty. Y'all stay safe. Have a good weekend. Make good choices. We'll see you guys yep. on Thursday. Have a good one, guys.